Hello, listeners. Welcome. That right there is Brandy. That right there is Dave. I did manage to get her on for this one, the final episode of the season. Like You're a busy, busy woman. I am busy, but that doesn't mean I'm too busy to do this. It yep. just took some planning. Yes. We had to squeeze this in between two, two other, other podcast <laughs> recordings that she's involved in but we'll get to that later yeah uh, maybe a little bit of background noise that's because the air conditioner is on because it's, it's 103 summer in northern utah mm-hmm. yeah 103 is it yeah uh, i don't know if it's up to 103 yet but we're probably pretty close so mm-hmm. we'll have a look yeah it's sitting at 100 it's sitting at 100 which is about 30 30 fuck 38, 37 to 38 degrees Celsius. You know, I can find these things out for you. 38. I can change this to Celsius. 37. 37. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's very easy to switch back and forth between Celsius oh, and nice. Fahrenheit on my app. Yeah, so it's a scorcher. Yeah, and this isn't even the hottest part of the day yet. Nope. Yeah, we're so. sitting at... What, 2.30 in the afternoon? About between 4 and 5 is when it's the hottest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have that to look forward to. And that's right when I'm going to be doing a show without air conditioning. That's right. Well, at least you got the air conditioner going on in the room, making a nice icebox for you for a little while anyway. Yes. And I am wearing shorts and no shoes, so. But yeah, this is episode 125. We're closing out this, our fifth year of The Dark Corner. Yeah, has it been five years? It's been five years that we've been doing this particular incarnation of the show. It's crazy. Yeah, so we're going to close it off, and with the world as it is, we thought we'd do something kind of joyous and beautiful and lovely and encouraging and delightful and happy and uplifting. And distracting. And distracting, that too. (laughs) So uh, we're going to do, what is it, the... Is Yella's, it the jelly? Yella? Yella? Yella's Marble Runs. Yella's Marble Runs, which you might have seen in a segment on the John Oliver, you know, the Last Week, last week Tonight, tonight yeah. program. But it's something I encountered even before I saw that segment, but we'll get into that when we get into the main topic later in the show. Yes. But first, how about some news and reviews? All right. Do you want to start with news or reviews? Oh, we can just hodgepodge it if you want. Just kind of big old collective of both. Do you want to start with yours? Because that's really more news than reviews. Okay. Well, then I'll start with my news. Anyone who has followed me on Trek FM and my podcast there will know that I am not there anymore. And uh, I could tell the whole story of why I'm not there anymore. But suffice it to say, uh, let's call it creative differences. Mm Mm-hmm. Then we were going to be on another network that was being created, and that fell apart before it even started. And so now we are creating our own network 
which is almost ready to be fully launched and uh, announced, etc. Yep. So it's going to be called Hollow Sweet Media, and it's not 100% complete with the website. Uh, do you want to make cetera? the announcement then or just leave off it? No, no, no. Okay. I, it's, this is not an announcement announcement. Okay. You know, this is not like a huge... Uh, social media frenzy. All right, I just didn't know if you wanted to release the name quite yet. No, well, because if you the podcasts are out now, and if you go to the ah. podcast, you will see the Hollow Sweet Media logo on them. Okay, so it's not like it's a secret. Right. It's just that we haven't done a full big launch. So yeah, so I'm doing some new podcasts. I am doing the Vedic Assembly, which is about Deep Space Nine. If you're not a Trek fan, that means nothing to you. And uh, <laughs> so one that takes place on a space, space station, station that's similar to Babylon Five, a, a movable space station, a yeah. movable. Yeah, that's next to a big wormhole. Mm, well, they moved it next to the big yep. wormhole. It wasn't next to the big wormhole when they started. Yes, it was closer to Bajor, and then they moved it over by the right. wormhole. Right. So yeah, we are we're doing that with my friends Liam and Nick. We we didn't want to break up the band. Okay. So we, uh, and we weren't able to do, at that time that we were moving, we weren't able to do a Discovery podcast, and so we chose to do Deep Space Nine instead. Things have changed, and I can't talk about that aspect of whether there's going to be a Discovery podcast yet. And <laughs> yes. So you can find that now, the Vedic Assembly. You can find it on all the socials as Vedic Assembly, V-E-D-E-K Assembly, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find them all those places. I'm doing a second podcast with my friend Suzanne called Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Again, if you're not a Trek fan, you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but for those of you who are, you know that we are going to be podcasting about the new Pike series, Strange New Worlds. And yes, we have already started. We recorded our first episode, first full episode on Thursday night. And oh my God, did we have fun. Nice. We had an amazing time. There may be bingo cards in the future. So, <laughs> yeah, so that will be popping up soon. There's a teaser episode out now, but uh, the actual full episode will be popping up soon. Then I'm also doing a live streaming show on Saturdays now <laughs> called Infinite Trek. And you can find it on Twitch on the channel Outpost 13. And it's just like it sounds, Outpost and the number 13. And uh, our good friends there have graciously allowed us that time to do that live show. And it's 11 a.m. Pacific time on Saturdays, so 2 p.m. Eastern time every Saturday. We just had our first full episode today. And uh, each live show will be released as an audio-only podcast on the following Monday on the Trek Geeks Network. And we thank all of the folks at Trek Geeks for that aspect of it. It's been great to work with both of these groups on this project and it's with my friend Aaron Harvey that we haven't been able to podcast together for like three years and so it's a really a joy to finally have a project we've been working on some form of this for months this was its final form Mm -hmm. it's now it's now set can't change again I'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah well it's a general discussion anything Trek related mm -hmm. show so that's fun and this this is the time that we had already planned to start the show, having no idea that Lower Decks was going to be starting on August 6th. Right. Uh, again, if you're not a Trek fan, you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. It's okay. <laughs> well, I think Star Trek is ubiquitous enough that people are getting it, like, in 
their periphery. Mm. Any Star Trek news is just coming up just from people they follow on Twitter or whatever sharing it. So yeah, yeah Lower Decks is an animated series. Yeah, the first animated series since the original. Mm -hmm. And it's comedy and more adult oriented. It's not aimed at children like other animated well, programs. Well, I would say 13 are. and up. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this very much. And so is Aaron, because Aaron literally wrote the book on the animated series. Yes. With with CBS's blessing, of course. And then, almost on the heels of that, we found out that Discovery Season 3 is coming October 15th, which will literally be the week after uh, Lower Decks ends. So there's no break in between. It's going to be 23 straight weeks of Trek. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. It's a lot of Trek. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Things and stuff and things and stuff and things and stuff. And then they also announced the uh, animated children's Star Trek program that's going to be on Nickelodeon called Prodigy. Prodigy. And I'm interested in that as well, of course, because it's Trek number one. But I also like the premise of the show. Mm. It's this ragtag group of kids that finds a derelict spaceship, refurbishes it, and then does what with it? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with goes on adventures or tries to save their planet or their families or something. I don't know. They end but, up being that ship in that Deep Space Nine episode mm. where they're fighting the war against the founders and everything. They were a training vessel, but the adult crew died. Right, right. Right, I remember that. <laughs> Something I'm sure that we'll cover at some point on mm -hmm. the Vedic Assembly. Yes. Available now on all podcatchers. Yes, so she's all over the Star Trek podcasting universe now. Yeah, and, well, the nice thing is, is that these shows are all owned by their hosts and creators. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could take these if we had some kind of falling out with a network, which I don't I think will happen mm -hmm. because the purpose. The purple? The purple? The, pur the purple that we're working with. <laughs> the purpose? The purple that we're working with. Or people uh, that you're working with. I thought you were going for purpose. Well, the pe people. I was trying to the say The purpose people. of the people. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, the people we're working with are just really great. So, I don't, you know, I don't know the future, but I don't see us falling out with them anytime soon. Whatever we decide, we can always take that show with us and all of our stuff with us. So, it's uh, it's really... An interesting feeling to be completely autonomous over these Trek shows because I've been doing them so long under another banner where I had no creative control as far as yeah. what I could cover, etc. So What you can cover and when. Uh -huh. yeah. That's my news! Yay for news! I finished Death Stranding. For the most part, I need to just finish off a few things. But yeah, I completed the story, which it has, like, Lord of the Rings, it has, like, five, six, seven different endings. <laughs> just keeps going. You're like, I thought we finished the story. Oh, now we're doing kind of a postscript thing. So and, basically, like, real life? Yep. And then it goes, oh, a week earlier, while you're waiting between these two events, you get to do all the stuff you haven't done yet. <laughs> like, go find the shelters that you haven't connected to the chiral network yet. So I've been doing that. It's like, oh... This has been here the whole time, mm. but has it? Makes you wonder if they unlock at a certain time and they're just not available to you until a certain moment in the game. You know, that's interesting because this may be that case. Yeah, because it's like, I can't believe I haven't encountered this until now. It's been here the whole time. There's yeah. no way because I've been through here before. I just know it. I've unlocked this part of the map, but here it is. 
I, I am so far behind you that I don't know what's ahead. I just want to be able to create zip lines, please. Zip lines are great, except um, a lot of the ones you create don't show up on the whole network, and so they're for you only, so they don't get any likes, mm. which is frustrating. But every once in a while, one will break through the network, and you'll get some likes on it. Yeah, I don't really care so much about the likes. I found it weird when I started getting a bunch of likes, yeah. and it was only because of road building. Right? Yeah. Is whatever. Yeah, I think everybody who pitched in to the road gets likes from anytime somebody uses the road. Yeah, well, long and short of it is, is that of all of the things about the game, that is the aspect I like the least. Giving and getting likes. Yeah. Some people play for that purpose. It's like yeah, and that's yeah. that's the problem. It's like yep. why is this your primary purpose for playing this game? Yeah. So it's it's odd to me. Yeah, I'm just being a completionist trying to. Right now, do this Legends of Legends thing, which you have to play on hard, Ugh. and you have to get an S rating on your delivery, which means there's these miscellaneous ones where you have to go retrieve stuff from, like, mule sites, oh boy. which are like the rogue porters that have kind of lost their mind and started their own communities. Mm. And so what I figured is because when you knock them out with, you know, hand-to-hand combat, they're knocked out for a little while. So what you do is you do that when you're on easy mode. <laughs> so you go into like the mule camp, knock them all out, then save it, go into hard mode, and then select the order. And then you just walk in there, grab everything, and walk out again without encountering any of them. Nice. But yeah, I've managed to do that to get a few of the miscellany ones. I'm r- trying to do one right now but i have to get all five parcels and i think somebody built a bridge on top of one where one of the parcels is supposed to be oh no and the bridge has like twenty thousand likes so it's not like i want to dismantle it oh, no. but it's interrupting my success at completing that particular mission with an s rank i'm only likely to get a b rank well then you're gonna have to dismantle that bridge i really don't want to can you imagine if you built a bridge that had 20,000 likes and somebody just walked by and dismantled it? Well, can you imagine if somebody built something on something you needed for a quest? Yep. Which is what happened. Because mm-hmm. I did that unintentionally as well, because there's an area where you'd have to go into where the beached things are, which are basically the dead that have crossed over, and they happen during a storm. And they won't stay on the other side. Yep, and they'll grab you and try to pull you you into death, basically. You have to tiptoe around them to collect all these parcels and deliver them to, you know, the person who wants them. And I had put up a ladder to get to one. And then when I came back to do, like, the mission again, because sometimes you can repeat missions, it wasn't there because the ladder was in the way. And so it just didn't show up in that place. Oh, man. And so I had to dismantle the ladder so it would be available again. So I don't know, maybe somebody else will get sick of it and dismantle it, but I'm I'm loath to do so. I don't want to be the bad guy there. Well, do they even know who dismantles it? I don't know. I could look that up. Does anybody know who dismantles your... And it's not even that important of a bridge because it's shallow water that is crossing over anyway. I can understand building a bridge over rushing water or deep water because yeah. otherwise it's, it's impossible to cross without losing all your stuff. Exactly. But yeah, some people put bridges like in the weirdest places. Like on completely solid land. Yeah. And so why are you putting that there? There's no reason. You're just using up the chiral network to put a bridge up. Mm-hmm. When I'd much rather 
uh, use that bandwidth to put up zip lines. Yeah. Right now I can just build roads and shit. Yep. You're not far from the zip line, I think, where you are right now. I've yeah. uh, discovered the Timefall farm. Oh, that that place is great. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that they use Timefall to grow wheat quickly. Yeah, they figured that out, which was pretty smart. Yeah. And now they're even going to be better at it because I put the weather station on the map and they can predict Timefall. Yep. Yeah, I haven't really fooled around with that, doing predicting the weather, because that's a thing you can do once the weather station's up. Well, basically, I just look at the current map to Mm -hmm. see where Timefall is and where the shortest distance through Timefall is. Nice. And that is the path that I take going wherever I go because I... Am sick of 50 million BTs on my ass. Yep. And they will, too. They'll crowd you. Mm-hmm. It's all crazy when there's like three or four of them around you and you're just holding your breath going, okay. I only have so many blood bags, man. only have so many hematic grenades. I don't have any stronger weapons yet. I like it when you can get weapons and use blood bullets on them. That's fun. Yeah. But now I just can cut their umbilicals, which is great. Yep. But that comes much later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rub it in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's it with Death Stranding and still. I think it's one of my favorite games I've ever played. It is really cool, and I would play it more often if it didn't, if it wasn't so hard on my hands. Yep. Because it requires holding buttons down for extended periods of time, especially yeah, yeah. the trigger buttons. Yeah, your trigger buttons you have to hold down so you can keep balance as you're carrying packages across this big old wasteland. Mm-hmm. It's not but even it- that much of a wasteland. There's a lot of greenery. There is, but that's because it wasn't nuclear war. Yeah. That's, you know, happened. And I, you know, I love post apocalyptic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it really tickles that, uh, that particular obsession for me. And just the world building to have this universe surrounding just delivery people. Mm hmm. How important a lowly porter is. Yep. How it's a culture in its own right. And this world has its own language that's been developing. Yep. Really cool. Yeah. So I think that does it for news and reviews. You want to get into the dark track? Let's do it. Okay, the dark track is a request I made of the artist because I just so happened to know the bassist and programmer who is Lee Meadows. It was also Mr. World Goth Day, Bat Boy Slim of the Fade Out podcast. He's pretty much one half the reason why World Goth Day is as big of a deal as it is. Wow. Him and DJ Martin Old Goth mm-hmm. that really promoted World Goth Day on the first day and have promoted it ever since. So, you know, it's a thing now. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, one half of a band called... The Glass House Museum. He and his partner, Joe Cummings, that does vocals and lead guitar. And they have very much a gothic rock sound. So I think that's their greatest inspiration. I know in particular that Lee is a big fan of the March Violets. And Grooving in Green. And 
this particular song we're going to play for you very much has that sound. And the song is called Glory Hunters. So this is Glory Hunters by the Glass House Ooh. Museum.
nice driving song, I think. Mm-hmm. Even the vocal s- style is similar to March Violets and Grooving in Green. <laughs> Just blistering gothic rock song. And lyrically, it's pretty fascinating, you know. Folks marching in signal, single file and just waiting for night to fall to take them away. Mm. So just the evocative lyrics and, yeah, just very driving, pulsing kind of song, I think. Very cool. Yeah. Do you like it, too? I do like yeah. it, yes. Yep. And uh, Glass House Museum is from uh, Stone in Staffordshire and Telford in Staffordshire in the UK. Mm. Video games. Video games. Video games. You like them? Maybe you wish you had more time for them. Maybe you want to know the best ones to play. Maybe you want to know what happens to Mario when he dies. <laughs> In that case, you should check out Triple Click. It's a brand new podcast about video games. A podcast about video games? But I don't have time for that. Sure you do. Once a week, Kickback as three video game experts give you everything from critical takes on the hottest new releases to scoops, interviews, and explanations about how video games work to fascinating and sometimes weird stories about the games we love. Triple Click is hosted by me, Kirk Hamilton. Me, Jason Schreier. And me, Maddie Myers. You can find Triple Click wherever you get your podcasts and listen at MaximumFun.org. Bye! Shall we get into the topic then? Let's do it! Okay, we're talking about Yele's Yele's Marble Marble Runs. I encountered one of these marble races on Twitter. Somebody shared a link to it and just said that they could watch it all day. They had already watched it like 20 times. And it was one of the rallies, which is this dirt track that... And I thought it was just kind of a basic thing people were doing in their backyard or whatever. I didn't know the context of it. Mm-hmm. But that people dug this you know, intricate track with alternating routes and helixes and everything and just released a bunch of marbles and had them race down the track. And so that was my first time encountering it. But yes, tell us, Brandy Deer, about Yelly's Marble Runs. Well, it is a YouTube channel that's based in the Netherlands, and it's run by Yella, what a surprise, and Dion Baker. I don't know if I pronounced that last name properly. If I have not, I apologize. They spoof a lot of... A- of events like Olympic Games, Formula One, and other racing things. And they create standalone competitions around the holidays, holiday-themed things, like especially for Halloween and Christmas. The thing that I love about it is that they treat these marbles as if they were actual people. Yes, it's done very straight. Very Very seriously. Very serious. I mean, there's there's references and a few wry jokes here and there, but they're done... They're delivered very dry and matter-of-factly. Yeah, well, and it's like they're they're acting as if these marbles are using tactics and psychology. And, um, and there's one instance when they even did the driver's eye view, and it was inside this rolling ball. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> and so all you saw was this rolling thing in front of your eyes. And I, I do love that uh, when they do the Marble League stuff that... It's like the Olympic Games, and there are opening ceremonies, there are medal ceremonies. Mm-hmm. They get, they, they have stands. They've built stands for all the marbles. Yeah, they're done in stop-motion animation. Yep. So not very sophisticated, just the marbles kind of moving, you know, frame by frame. Uh, interesting thing about uh, Yella is he has a form of autism, and so because of that, he's not really employable. 
And that's uh, how he started making Marvel machines. It was one of his hobbies, and it just got out of hand. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, the tracks are pretty remarkable, and it's just like if you're doing a Formula One-style race, they'll show you the layout of the track. There's pit lines, there's speed boosts, there's shark fins, and... Mm -hmm hairpin turns and chicanes and mm-hmm. ramps and tunnels and just they'll change it out for each track uh he created the first uh marble runs youtube channel in 2006 there it didn't actually stay on that channel which is the story i'll tell in a minute but he actually received in 2009 the guinness world record for the world's longest marble run wow and he held that record until 2011 huh but here's my favorite part so greg woods who is the commentator yes on all of these races was an early fan of that original channel and actually did a commentary on his own for one of the videos Yellow liked it so much huh. that he ended up partnering with Woods. If you're familiar with Bob Costas' announcements for the Olympic Games, mm-hmm. it's that level. It sounds a lot like what Bob Costas would do. Yes. I mean, even like just delivery style. Yes. So now here's the weird part. So in late 2018, Yellow was trying to delete his Google Plus account and accidentally deleted his original channel, which had 620,000 subscribers. Wow. And uh, so he had to relaunch the channel. Uh-huh. By March, uh, the channel had regained all of its subscribers and surpassed its former peak. And I think that that is in no small credit to uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Uh-huh. Because he put that on the map for most Americans on May 17th of 2020. And that viewership, I mean, they've got 90.7 million views on their videos now. Wow. And over 1.1 million subscribers. That's crazy, because not everybody will subscribe. People will watch, but it's mm-hmm. rare people actually click on to, some, to scri- subscribe to a channel. Oh, it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, it costs you nothing. Especially if you watch YouTube through like a TV, like if you have a Roku, where mm-hmm. you can watch them on your television, and you so just great. go over to the subscriptions, find the channel, and thumb through for any uh, marble race you haven't seen yet. There are so many fun events. Um, the one that's going on now is the Marble League, which is used to be called the Marble Olympics. Yep, I imagine. And yeah, an Olympic committee, they're very litigious, and mm-hmm. even anything, Improv Olympic had to change their name. Oh, yeah. Cause because of the Olympic Games. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's really horrible. Especially for an organization that's supposed to be about bringing the world together in a peaceful fashion. Mm-hmm. The fact that they'll sue anybody who even comes close to having Olympic in their title. Yeah. When it's based on something historical is ridiculous. It is so dumb. Yeah, I don't think they should own the rights to that when it's something from ancient greece but what have you yeah it's like calling something the norse games and then having copyright on it yeah i know it's so <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ridiculous lame well the the, the sad thing is is that uh they were facing having to cancel their marble league for this year because of funding issues yeah and that's when last week tonight and that sweet, sweet HBO money stepped mm-hmm. in. Oh, yes. And fully paid for this season. 
and all of the, you know, for whatever team wins the event, they uh, donate to a food bank in that team's name mm-hmm. somewhere in yeah, the U.S. Yeah, I think what a charity assigned to that particular team, yep. that marble team, mm-hmm. which is, we'll get into that yep. later. But yeah, $5,000 uh, to a charity in the name of the of the marble team. I love the teams. I love that there are teams and that they all have certain personalities. Oh, yeah. They all have names for the actual athletes <laughs> that mm-hmm. are participating in the games. Uh, and they all have their fans in the stand yep. with signs. Oh, yeah. Uh, before we get into that, I'd like to talk about the segment on John Oliver, because mm-hmm. it was dealing with COVID-19 and sport. Yes. That even though they're trying to resurrect sport right now in a limited fashion, you know, nobody in the stands and what have you, those people that yearned for, you know, competitive sport, this... The marble runs will appeal to that because mm-hmm. it's amazing how you will find yourself invested in a bunch of marbles running down a track because it's done with such grace and forthrightness and it's not really cynical. Mm-hmm. It's played like a sporting event. The commentary, the design of the track, just every little thing is done to emulate something you'd see in an actual Formula One race or an actual Olympic game. Yes. It's very similar. And even, like, injured players. Mm-hmm. Like, if if a marble falls off the track, they'll have these little other marbles that are kind of orange and black, mm-hmm. like they're in emergency gear. Yep. That attend to the injured player. Or th- we had one that bumped another marble off the track. And so there was an investigation. Yep, there was <laughs> there was a flag, <laughs> and they were doing an investigation. Yeah, uh, if marbles get stuck somewhere, they'll release a ball bearing as a, a way to clear it out. And so it's kind of an emergency lap, you know, mm-hmm. where they just clear a space. Like the controversy of what was it the was it the Razzies one or. The, yeah, I think it was the Razzies, the uh, Raspberry Racers. Yeah, was it that one that the track just, they didn't quite have enough of an angle so the marbles would get stuck? Yeah, they piled up, like yep. all of them mm-hmm. got stuck. Some of them got stuck in the previous lap. They dislodged the ball bearing. Ball bearing didn't dislodge them. And so when the the rest of the group came around the second time, they all lodged in yep. that spot. So and they, they had to restart the race. Yeah, fix the ramp, you know, fix that part of the track to give it more of a, a an incline, and then restarted the race and made a big controversy about it. Because mm-hmm. that was the same one, I think, one got knocked off the edge, too. So there's a lot of controversy around yep. that track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to get into some teams, or are there are more things about the specifics of, of how they... Um, actually portray the racing well um i i think we've covered how they portray the racing and that they do it so seriously is why it works Mm -hmm. we've been watching some of the older races now that we've watched all the newer ones where they're just they're just in these sand tracks Mm -hmm. they're they're like rally styles Mm -hmm. so it's like a dirt track yep and it can get pretty crazy because there's different routes and so one will take the speedway around or They'll all collide against a particular wall, and some of them will get stuck, or there'll be a leaf that mm-hmm. becomes a hazard. 
it's fascinating to watch. Mm-hmm. And once you pick a marble you like, it's like having a favorite team. Mm-hmm. Is you start rooting for them, and and when somebody's way in the lead, and then they get overtaken, it's like, oh wow, it yeah. becomes very exciting. Or somebody struggles to get up a ramp because when they do the race tracks, they'll do laps, and so to get back to the top of the ramp, they need to take this little kind of elevator conveyor belt sort conveyor of conveyor belt yeah. kind of thing. And sometimes they get stuck on it or take a while to get onto the ramp. Yeah. You know, the little conveyor belt. And so they'll lose their standing in the race. You know, they'll fall back several positions. They have done some great stuff when it comes to actually making these teams. I don't know where they got all of these marbles, but they have sorted them out into specific teams based on the characteristics of the marbles mostly color oriented mm-hmm. not always like like the, the hazers have some different colors yeah, in there i like the hazers a lot because it's kind of like having an american team because you look in the crowd and they're all kind of different colors mm-hmm. i mean the ones that are taking place in the race they're just kind of this smoggy glass kind mm-hmm. of color i mean it's that's why they're called the hazers they look like they're hazy Mm-hmm. Like their fish bowls full of smoke. Yeah, yeah. But then if you look in the Hazers crowd, they're, they've got that kind of glassy, smoggy look, but they're all different colors. So yep. you get this idea that there's a lot of immigrants to whatever country these marbles originated in. So yeah. it kind of has this American, you know, North American vibe. It's cool like that. I I love I love the Hazers. It's where they're one of my favorite yeah, Hazers are one of my favorite, too. I think they might be my top team. Yeah, I I have a problem picking a favorite. So yeah. I have like five favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they they have a merchandise store which you can find at teespring.com. You can or you can just go Yellow's Marble Runs merch and it'll give you the link to that. Team Galactic, they're just kind of um spacey. <laughs> yeah, it's kind uh, of like metallic, nebulas not, and yeah. stars and stuff like that in yeah. their design. Yeah, and oh, by the way, each one of these teams has a logo, and they have posters. Yep, they have posters that often be on display during a race, especially if they're at the home of that particular team that have the posters of that team up, like the, was it the Midnight Wisps? Mm-hmm. And they have a really lovely poster that has a clock tower. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's very nice. Which is also featured on the track and will ring at the start of the race. And it takes place at midnight, so um, the room is darkened. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so you could be watching sport and not have to worry about social distancing or who's wearing a mask and who isn't. It's mm-hmm. just marbles running down a track. And it's amazing how invested you can become in it. Yeah, like immediately. Just immediately. It gets so excited. <laughs> it's just so fun. So, yeah, Team Galactic. Then we have the O-Rangers. <laughs> oh. It's so true to form that when O-Rangers take the lead, mm-hmm. the crowd will start going, oh. It's like in Baltimore mm-hmm. when the Orioles, they do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's borrowing that thing from an actual sporting event, you know, a, a sports team in you know American baseball and move it over to the O-Rangers yeah, and as you might expect, they are orange. Yeah. They're, they're all different shades of orange. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of a solid color. They're not like a cat's eye sort of thing. They're a solid Yeah, they're solid, orange. kind of uh, matte orange a little bit. Their logo kind of looks like a sheriff's badge. It does look like a, like, yeah. 
So they're very, it's very western. Yeah, it's kind of a Texas kind of thing, like yeah. a yeah. Well, I mean, like even a their Lone Star. Even their poster. Oh, is it's very, very Texan. Texas inspired. Yeah, so. there's a cactus and a sunset. So mm-hmm. yeah, you get this very Texas vibe from the Rangers. Yeah, definitely. Well, and Texas Rangers. That's why. <laughs> why did that only just now occur to us? It's the Texas O Rangers, basically. <laughs> oh my God. That is so funny. And, uh, of course, we talked about the hazers, and uh, their poster is also very pretty. It's all kind of white and lavender. And yeah, it's kind of, well, it's very Asian-inspired. Yeah, exactly. Because it has, like, cherry blossoms, and then they have those really tall, kind of peaky, rounded-top mountains mm-hmm. that you see in parts of China. Yeah. And then they have this kind of hazy thing, which is very much about the Japanese art uh, style is... A lot of art is what's not seen. Yes. And so in like Japanese ink washes, they'll have fog or smog cover up a lot of the material, you know. So they only partly see something like a tiger. Yeah. So yeah, I like that a lot. For some reason, I don't see a poster for the Oceanics, but their their logo is very Aquaman. Yeah, it's a trident, Neptune. And it even looks like kind of a porthole mm-hmm. design with dots around it and with the with a trident and yeah. yeah as you imagine the oceanics are very uh, vibrant blue they're so pretty yeah i love the pretty blue mm-hmm. so they're they're one of my favorites so hazers and oceanics yep. members of each team have their own name like smoggy mm-hmm. is one of the hazers uh, i think the rangers are all named after different types of oranges you know, I'm pretty sure that you're right. Let me look at their poster. So, yeah, Clementon and Orangin are two of them. Yep, Origin. Orangin. 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 You know, like they have their, their top Yeah, they players. have like team captains. Yeah, so there's Hazy and Smoggy. Yep. For the Hazers. And uh, Oceanics, I don't know what they're... Yeah, without like, a poster, I it's hard to tell. I can't find their posters. Yeah. Then you got the Green Ducks. They're, they're uh, two... Big players are Mallard and Billy. And at first, you didn't understand why Billy. I got it immediately. Yeah, but. Billy, because Duck Bill. Duck Bill, yeah. And Green Ducks is another case of having audience participation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, when the ducks get in the lead, you start hearing quacks <coughs> from the audience, as if people <coughs> are using duck calls. Because it's not like people just going quack. No, it's It's <coughs> a very specific sound, like... Like, fans are blowing their duck call. Yeah, they have a very... I like their logo. It's very clean. Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's a duck. It's very stripped down. A lot of their logos are very stripped down. They're very well done. Yes, So, yeah, it's a green duck in in a circle. I don't see a Minty Maniacs poster, but their logo looks like candy. (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a candy mint you'd get at a restaurant, basically. Except it's in green. Except, yeah, it's kind of a blue-green, kind of a teal Mm -hmm. color. And they're beautiful marble. Oh, yes. So even if you're, you're a fan of marbles in the first place, because marbles are, you know, just beautiful, you know, this colored glass rolling down yes. <laughs> a ramp. And some of the sounds of it, too, is just them clinking together, kind of, if you're an ASMR kind of person. Yep. Sometimes that might trigger you. And I really love the Midnight Wisps. Um, I think that's probably the closest thing to a favorite team of yours. Yes, I love how the marbles look. Yeah, they're because they're black and sort of a 
kind of a bluish. Yeah, yeah. It's, they're not like a light blue, but neither is it a dark blue. Yeah, it's kind of like like an indigo twilight kind of color scheme. And there's that fabulous poster with the with clock the tower. clock tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The midnight wisps are beautiful. They sexy. Yeah, they sexy big time. Well, I think the idea is like they're willow wisps, and so they have this kind of little bit of light in a bunch of darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the balls of chaos are about as crazy as you would expect as far as a logo and a poster. Yeah, they're uh, very colorful. Yeah. Very colorful marble. Their uh, top people are <laughs> clutter and anarchy. Anarchy, nice. <laughs> oh, the joy that this brings Yeah, they me. had pure uh, white balls. One of them's named Snowy. I think another one's called White Widow. Yeah, we haven't gotten to them yet. So, Raspberry Racers, we've got Razzie and Rezzy, and uh, look, they're so cute. They're sitting on a hill and oh, looking yeah. at raspberries. Mm-hmm. It's very kind of <laughs> prairie home companion kind of looking thing, just yeah. them sitting on a hillside looking at the sunset. Yeah, and their uh, their logo is also very, it's, it's kind of just a bunch of dots in the shape of a raspberry. Yeah, it's like the team of marbles in the shape of a raspberry. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're pretty as well. They're yeah, they're different... very lovely. Well, raspberry colored, as you'd expect. Yeah, different colors of yeah. pink. So, okay, now one of your favorites, Team Momo. Team Momo. They're green and blue, and they have kind of a yin-yang symbol that also kind of has a tribal look to it, too. Mm-hmm. Like they have crossed oars or something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, Momo. And their uh, their top people are Momo and Mimo. Yep. Momo, 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 Momo. Then we got the Crazy Cat's Eyes, for which I cannot find a poster, but I can show a picture of the logo from one of their shirts. Oh, interesting. They have one cat's eye, and it's done kind of like, is that California's flag that has the sea like that? I don't know. That they have the bear and then they have the sea? Or is that Colorado I'm thinking of? I think you might be thinking of Colorado. Yeah, but yeah, they're basically, you know, clear marbles with a bit of color in them to give you that cat's eye look. Well, it's it's a, it's a crazy mm-hmm. cat's eye. So it's a oh, C, C, a C, C, e. and an E. I didn't notice that. Good eye there. Thank you. I see patterns. Yeah, I generally do, but I didn't catch that one. C-C-E. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's an eye. There's kind of something 70s about that one. It is very 70s. Like the old CBS logo or something. Oh, there. Uh, the Crazy Cat's Eyes logo was further down. Yep. So now we got Savage Speeders. I think that might have been the controversial raceway, now that I'm thinking about it. The one that all that weird stuff happened on. Mm. Yeah. A lot of reds and yellows in this one. Yeah. And uh, every top players are speedy and rapidly. <laughs> They're, they're interesting colored marbles because they're kind of like sort of rusty red and yellow. Uh-huh. And uh, their actual logo is very much like a speed gauge in a car or other motor vehicle. Oh, yeah. And you'll see that one a lot because they are pretty fast. They are. They are. <laughs> and they will top the um, qualifying rounds often. Yes, very much so. And it uh, looks like... There we go. Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts are really cool looking, too. They are very cool, and they have a really cool poster. Yeah, they're blue and kind of gold kind of style. It's like they're a blue marble with a bit of a yellow streak in it, like a lightning bolt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, their poster is very much about lightning. 
And they have yeah. that big old T for Thunderbolt. Yep, and their uh, top players are Shock and Bolt. Uh-huh. Gigawatt and Mjolnir. <laughs> those, those are their nicknames. <laughs> Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Of course, one of those Nice Mjolnir. Thor reference. <laughs> oh, that brings me joy. And we got the Bumblebees. This logo is pretty much what you'd expect. Yeah, kind of a beehive, but... Mm-hmm. Reminds me of Utah. Yeah, and I like how their logos are round like a marble. Yes, it's very so good. So they make a nice sticker or something. Uh, they do have stickers. Yep. Actually. And, oh, uh, they make mice pop sockets, thinking about it. It's possible. Uh, so yeah, here we have the hornets. The hornets, yeah. It seems like it'd be easy to confuse the bumblebees and the hornets. The hornets is a different kind of yellow. Yeah. It's like sort of a almost a brownish yellow. Yeah, it's less of a friendly yellow. Yeah. yeah. And their uh, their top players are Hive and Vespa. Nice. So, and then you've got some mellow yellow, but their poster is anything but mellow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, busy. Basically, a city. It looks like Tokyo or some busy city. It's quite probable. Yep. And their top players are Yellop and Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I love Yellop. 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 It sounds like you're saying yep. Uh, here's one that we don't see a lot uh, because of qualification rounds, but this is Team Turtle. Oh, Team Turtle! They have a turtle. I wonder they got named that after they've done several races and they kept placing last. <laughs> it's like, well, Team Turtle, they never place. But some people like an underdog. And uh, there's also, we have seen them a bit, but not really. There's the Chocolatiers. Yeah, I've seen them. Occasionally, usually if they're doing qualifiers, you'll see yeah. the chocolates because they're that lovely chocolatey brown color. Makes me want to eat chocolates. Mm. They often have kind of some texturing in, in the painting or whatever you want to call it, the coloring. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they kind of look chocolatey. And then there are the indigo stars. Not really familiar with the stars. Yeah, I don't recall having seen them much. Yeah. Um, another one that I like looking at, but obviously do not ver- do very well in competition, are the limers. Oh, the limers, yes. Nice lime green. And it's got, like, it looks half like... Half a, lime and then an L. And then an L. Yep. I really like the design of that. Very partial green. And here's another one I don't recall ever seeing are the Rojo Rollers. Yeah, I have not seen them, no. Maybe they're just so bad. Well, it might be <laughs> one of the older episodes these might be discontinued ones yep like classic teams well and then last but not least we have the logo for the snowballs ah uh, yes the pure white ones yes and it's the snowflake snowflake unsurprisingly. yes yes that's nice actually snowflake. really cool hoodie yeah I their logo is nice yeah it's a snowflake but it has little round bits like marbles mm-hmm. at the ends of each of the snowflake yeah and oh here are posters down here for those so I like the Limers one. It's very pretty. Um, yeah. As it expects some kind of mild, pastelish kind of greens. Yeah. Well, it's it's nice because they use kind of more bluey greens, but they also you get more brownie greens in mm-hmm. there, and it's pretty. And uh, Rojo Rollers has a pretty interesting one. I like. It's kind of. I like how they're like leaving a a blazing trail wherever they go mm-hmm. of blue flame. Yep, and then the snowballs. They're uh, there's just pretty nice too. It makes me long for winter. I'll yeah, tell kind you of that. like a old log cabin on a snowy 
heel with lines in the back. Yep. It reminds me of Ogden a lot it because does. of the of the snow and the mount, snow capped mountains. Yep. It's, we're kind of a ski town, so. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are stickers for all of those. So. Yeah, so the teams have their own merch, their own logos, and their own team captains and major stars. Mm-hmm. There are so many other teams, I can't even tell you. Yeah. Like, uh, and we have seen Team Primary. Yes. Uh, Prim, I think, is one of the competitors of Primary. Yep. There's Prim and Mary. <laughs> and as you'd expect, they're just in primary colors. They're uh, red, yellow, and blue. Mm-hmm. Prim and Mary. That yep. is that is funny. So, so funny. But yeah, there are others like Pinkies, Jungle Jumpers, Jawbreakers, Cobalts, uh, just Comet, MVP. Wow. There's a lot of stuff on this <laughs> shop. Yep. Uh, we've kind of covered the races a bit. They they do have Marbula 1. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of Formula 1, Marbula 1. And what they do is they go to each of the team's home track mm-hmm. and do competitions. And then, as with a lot of racing competitions, they award the most points to who places first. And then they total all the points from all the races at the very end to determine the winner. So it's like whoever takes gold takes, what, like 25 points or something like that. And yeah. then it goes down from there. So it's done in a very Formula One fashion, you know, of all these races that lead up to one final. Yeah. And it was fun getting to see each of their individual racetracks because each of them, you know, each team has a kind of different style. And so, yeah, talking about the Midnight Wisps and how theirs took place at night. <laughs> and they had that, what, they had a tunnel and I think they had that glass that had no walls. Yeah, the glass bridge. Yeah. And so that was pretty crazy yeah i think the savage speeders had this long straightaway where you could gain a lot of speed yeah because those were all about you know those were actual racing things where it's all about how many laps do you complete and who yep. wins and there you know you might not win but might have had the fastest lap mm-hmm. you know all oh, yeah. those sort of things like you would see in car racing uh the team that gets the fastest lap gets awarded an extra point so they go up a little higher so it might not be whoever places first you know, on that track, mm-hmm. but you know somebody who did have the fastest lap will will get bumped up as like individual effort kind of thing. Yes. Uh, anything else to say about specifically about the races part of it? No, um, I look forward to seeing what happens with the Halloween and Christmas this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, oh, that's something they they'll do things specifically for whoever their sponsor is because they had some milk company, Cravendale. Yeah, Cravendale uh, sponsored them, and they did very specific milk related. Mm-hmm. And all the teams had milk like names. Like the Team freshers. Purity. Yeah, the Freshers. And yeah. they'd go take a milk bath at the end of. <laughs> The race. <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. Yep. That cracked me up. Even pushing in the king and queen of milk at the very yep. end. Oh, the fun little stop motion things. Um, there's Where's Raldo, yep. which is a kind of a Waldo-esque uh, marble that you can spot in the crowd or wherever. 
Yeah, I have never found him because I keep forgetting to look. I, and they'll give you hints as to where he yeah. is and what the difficulty level is. Ah. Like, uh, hint and then difficulty, you know, easy, medium, hard. Mm-hmm. So, and they'll be like, he's somewhere near the starting gate. Oh, the the refs are white and black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, security are kind of orange and black. Or they're medical as well. When they do a home event, you'll see marbles of that same color working as volunteers in the stands. Mm-hmm. It's this level of detail. There's, like you said, there's little signs in each of the little stands, and they're each devoted to each team. So yeah. the arrangers will be in one area, and you'll see them holding up little signs. Yes. Uh, encouraging the team. I love that. Absolutely love that. And so what's the... Olympic style ones called it's the, the Marble, Marble League. League. These are so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's still some racing elements to it, but they also do endurance, strength, all kinds of other aspects, balance. Mm-hmm. So they're taking the, the whole idea of marble sport to another level. And it's something I guess they've done before. Yes. But like with the balance one, they come down in a team of four marbles, and they're trying to get across this beam to the other end. Of the, there's this receptacle there to catch them. And if you hold that line to the very end, you, you'll land in the receptacle, and you'll get counted for that maximum number of points. And the more people, you know, more marbles that land in that receptacle, the higher your score will get. Yeah, and your score also increases by where you fall off the beam if you do right. fall off. So, and we've seen teams that come down and they bump into each other and they fall off before they even get halfway through. Mm-hmm. Other teams where two land in the receptacle and one kind of almost does, but falls off to the edge a little bit. Yeah, I've never seen more than two. Yeah, I've never seen more than two either. It almost happened. Mm-hmm. And that was very exciting. But yeah, they had that one for balance. Had one where the four marbles would come down to push a weight. Yeah, a block, block pushing. That yeah, was called block. Yeah, pushing. block pushing, and the distance it pushed it. You know, the more they pushed it, the better score you'd get. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole physics behind it that you know the announcer would talk about the commentators that if you were to hit it and it went up instead of forward. That you'd lose a lot of your momentum, a lot yeah. of the energy pushing it up instead of forward. And so you'd go into the whole physics behind that. Oh, great. The funnel races, which take forever, but are so fun. Yeah, but that one's an endurance thing because the whole point is to finish last. Uh-huh. So it's how long can you stay in these funnels? And there's a definite strategy. Like they do this elliptical orbit kind of thing around mm-hmm. it. So that they would keep the momentum from going down, going back up. And so... Anytime you see this marble take this elliptical thing, as long as it collide into other marbles, it would usually be able to hold its position. Mm-hmm. While others just fell down a funnel almost immediately. Yep. <laughs> um, there's the triathlon, mm-hmm. which was what? There's a standard track, there's underwater, and something else. Was it like sand or something? I want to say it was like moguls or something. Yeah. Well, Moguls was a thing on its own. Yeah, Moguls was a thing. I'm forgetting what the third thing for the triathlon was. I just was. remember it ended in, in the water. Yeah, because Hazers did really well underwater for some reason. Yeah. I swear they picked up speed once they were underwater, mm-hmm. and I don't know why that would be. They were just meant to be underwater. It's weird. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they do Moguls, like sand Moguls. There was the half pipe. The half pipe was great because 
again, you'd want to finish last. Yep. And so you want to keep going up and down. And so they'd release like four of them at a time and they'd bump into each other. And sometimes when it get bumped up to the top of the track. Yep. And then start doing the half pipe, you know, going up and down, up and down and trying to hold their position until the end of the track. Yeah. It's uh, clever. Just uh, very clever. The hurdles were fun because it was basically just a, a sprint track with these little things they had to get by. Mm-hmm. These little partitions that they had to snap through. Yep. That would slow you down a little bit. So they went under instead of over. Yep. Because they can't necessarily jump. Though they had the high jump too. Mm-hmm. They did have a high jump. Where you'd release it, the marble down a ramp and see where it landed. And there was the Newton's Cradle one. Yeah. That one was crazy. And I think they still have some uh, parts of the Marble League that are waiting. Yeah, because there's 16 events, and we haven't seen them all. Yeah, I think we're, last time I checked on 10, maybe? Yep. 10 or 11? And they do one event a week, so we still got some of that coming. Yeah, and it's fun, and it really does scratch that itch if you're a sports fan. It's like... Watching curling or something, you know. Yeah, I like curling. I do too. I'm, Curling's actually really popular. Yeah, I'm the crazy person that enjoys curling. It, it's it's fun to watch. It's like ice chess. Not even that. It's like marbles in a way. Yeah, it is very much like marbles. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, uh, you just end up liking a particular marble team and rooting for them. And Hazers have been doing well. Rangers have been doing well. Yeah, it's um, it's just it's just fun to watch. And the funny thing is, is that we'll sometimes try to watch it while eating, mm-hmm. and I will stop eating because I'm watching. It's like one of those things that I can't look away yep. because I will miss something. Especially if it's like a big contest for first place in a race, mm-hmm. and they keep changing positions. You're like, ah. Yeah, I just. Mm. And even was it. Drafting or drifting? Drafting, when you get behind another marble to pick up speed. Drifting. Drifting. Yeah, they do that, too, where a marble will get behind another one and pick up speed because it's getting in that gap and getting sucked in to the wake of the one in front of it. And yeah. That becomes a strategy, and there's jostling for position and blocking and all this stuff. But they're these inanimate objects, and yet while you're watching, you're... Mm-hmm. You get so excited, and it feels it feels like they're thing like they're there's people. a competitive thing, but they're yeah. not. They're you know non sentient, but it feels like it's a race and that they're actually trying. It feels like there are stakes. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like there are stakes, and I think it's because they do deliver it so straightforward. Yeah, it's not it's not just the quality of how it's filmed. It's not just the quality of the commentary. Yep. It's not just the quality of how the tracks are set up or the events are set up. But it's also the quality of the atmosphere, of the teams in the stands, of their noise Mm -hmm. that is overlaid. So you are hearing crowd noise the whole time. But, you know, when the Orangers are about to take the lead or when the Mighty Ducks or or the Green Ducks, the Mighty Ducks. Mighty Ducks. (laughs) The Green Ducks. Flying wing. When the the Green Ducks are, you know, making their move, etc. And you'll hear those specific little things. Uh, in the audience as well and it's just things like that that create this beautiful kayfabe that i just don't want anyone to ever break for me (laughs) yeah you you find yourself invested in strangely taking it seriously as well as they're delivering it it's crazy i mean every once in a while i might think i'm just watching marbles but it's i'm invested it's weird 
Yeah, someone has taken an extensive amount of time to set all of this up, and has mm-hmm. they've done it so beautifully. And there's little things like Lego involved mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the building of the track. Like, the stands look like they might be Lego, the podium. Yep. They have little wine bottles for celebration at the end. <laughs> so great. It's always funny when the snowballs win because the, the podium is white. Yeah, you can't see them. And so you can barely see. You can just see this little shadow at the underside of the marble. Yep. But yeah, it's. I recommend you guys see it. It's J-E-L-L-E mm-hmm. apostrophe S marble runs. Yeah. YouTube channel. It, do yourself a favor and go watch some of them. They're just so much fun. And uh, some of the competitions have been compiled into one long Mm-hmm. race so if you want to watch like all of the marbula ones together they're all compiled into one thing yep it'll without take the you, qualifiers it'll take you about an hour yeah and uh, it can just be non-stop marble racing yeah it's so it's it's exciting and comforting at the same time yeah it's a good level of joyous distraction and it's just so pleasant and uplifting and positive it is all of those things yep all of those things there's no worry about concussions, even though sometimes there's this thought that a marble does get damaged when it falls <laughs> off the track or something, but it's not a human life at stake. So, no. you know, if a marble gets damaged, a marble gets damaged. Yeah, but they treat it as if it was such. Mm-hmm. It's like making sure that this uh, this person is okay. Yep. Okay, they're fine. We got back the medical opinion that they're doing okay. Just wow. Yep. So much wow. Yeah, when they fall off the track, that's something. Mm-hmm. Just, sometimes you even hear it just clack mm-hmm. <laughs> off the floor when they fall off. Yeah. You're like, oh, no! <laughs> yep. It's it's just endlessly entertaining mm-hmm. to me. I am so glad that we have it. It brings me such joy. Yes. So I think we're done speaking about the Marble Runs at the moment. I do wish... That with the merch store, you could get like a fan pack Mm. where you could get a t-shirt, a sticker, the poster, and a bag of six marbles of that type. Or or five, like the team. Even five. Even five I'd work. Because I thought teams sometimes like they had like six because they had like one to replace an injured or something like that. No, they used to be teams of four and then they became teams of five. Ah, okay. So yeah, there's the team captain and then the other four. So yeah, five marbles. Yeah, I would buy those marbles. I would get the whole pack. Mm-hmm. The poster, sticker, t-shirt, marbles in a little bag. Yep. I wish they had those. Um, yep. I don't know how they do that because they don't manufacture marbles. No. So. They'd have to buy them and resell them. And I don't know if they could find the right, you know. Well, they already have them, so you'd think they'd be able to find similar looking marbles. You would hope. But who knows? But yeah, it would it would just be nice to have your own marble team. Yeah, you know. Yep. I would like some midnight wisps and some hazers. Yeah, it would be nice if you could get those exact marbles. In, you know, the in the style of the team, that would be pretty cool. Yes, I agree. It'd yep. be amazing. It'd be like having little uh, bobblehead of your favorite uh, player from some sports team or whatever. Yeah, so get on that, Yella. Yeah. <laughs> Make uh, a fan back. Uh, I think that's it. That was the last thing I had to say. Anything you have to say regarding uh, Yella's Marble Runs? Just that it's awesome. Just that it's awesome, and uh, do watch it. It'll it'll lighten your heart. It really If you're will. having a tough time, it's, it'll 
be a good source of entertainment for you yeah. and a distraction. Especially, I think we all need it. Oh, we do because this world is fucked up. Yep. So, uh, shout outs. Shout outs. Hey! hey, my shout out is to Reverend Doctor Rob Walker. He's one of the uh, Strange and Deadly guys. You know the nasty pasties and all that group. Mm-hmm. So, Twitter friend, interact with from time to time. Likes my tweets. Yes, excellent. Mine, since I already uh, shouted out Aaron earlier in the podcast, my co-host for Infinite Tread, I'm going to shout out Trek Geek Bill. Nice. Who is a dear person, and uh, you can actually find him on Twitter at Trek Geek Bill. He's one of the co-founding members of Trek Geeks uh, Network, Mm -hmm. and uh, it is partially because of him that I am where I am now with the Infinite Treks. Infinite Trek. Infinite he's just an all-around good dude. Like when he found out the things that were going on with the other place and with the other network that ha- was going to happen and then didn't happen. Yep. He was just extremely supportive. Nice. And just kind. And he's just a really good person. And he's actually going to join us next week on Infinite Trek to talk about the first episode of Lord X. Ooh. So I'm super excited about that. Nice. Uh, so thank you, Bill, because it's just amazing to be associated with Trek Geeks and Outpost 13. Nice. And I really appreciate it. Oh, one more thing. Uh, speaking of Strange and Deadly, they're back. Yeah. So if you're a fan of horror movies, uh, do resubscribe. It's very popular. And yeah, enjoy. Indeed. And with that, we'll be back with the start of our sixth year of podcasting. Oh, my God. Sixth Looking year forward of, to that. Sixth year of Dark Corner, not our sixth year of podcasting. Sixth year of, yeah, podcasting under the moniker of the Dark Corner. This would yeah. be the start of our twelfth year of podcasting. Yep. So, all right, that's it. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Dark Corner Podcast with Dave and Brandy Jacola. Find us on darkcornerpodcast.com. Follow me at Dark Corner Cast on Twitter. Brandy is Brandywine12, Brandy with an I. If you want to hear more from Brandy, check out Live from the Edge, either as the podcast on Trek FM or the YouTube channel. We have both a Facebook group and a fan page. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and recommend us to your strange friends you know the ones. The Dark Track was offered for free as a promotional item or was submitted by the artist or artist representative and no copyright infringement is intended. The intro and outro music is Say by Dark Souls Day from the EP X Lives. You can find them on Bandcamp. As always, a special thank you goes to Mr. Tom Elliott for kindly hosting our website. If you have feedback or a topic recommendation, contact us on social media or email us at thedarkcornerpod at gmail.com. This is DJ Evil Dave signing off. Dark Corner.